Hello there, mortals of Universe 7. I'm Mysterious Jackson from the Mysterious Jackson Show. And previously, I was talking about the, um, Michael Jackson story episode. And, um, previously I left off about his, uh, discography and some of the people he worked with. And, well, there's a lot of rappers he worked with, and one of the rappers he worked with was LL. He did a song with LL called, um, Serious Effect. Written by Michael and produced by Michael and Brian Lawrence. He has also um, written other songs for Michael, such as Stay, Satisfy You, and and other songs that he has worked on him with. Songs like the ones I just named, including She Got It, and many others. Why was the song not on the track, you may ask? Is because <clears throat> Brian felt he was being shafted during the production because apparently You have a notification! Please check it before it disappears. You have a notification. Please check it before it disappears, would you? Thank you. He and the late great Heavy D had some sort of uh, disagreement. So that's why the song was ultimately left off the album. Brian Lauren also um, co-wrote uh, Do the Bartman for the uh, Simpsons album The Simpsons Sing the Blues and he and Michael wrote the um, song Do the Bartman because Michael was a fan of The Simpsons and he loved Bart Simpson as do I and Lisa too and Due to, you know, the falling out Brian had with Heavy D, um, that song, Serious Effect, didn't ultimately make it on the album because they felt it really didn't go with the direction that the album was ultimately going for. Do... I feel disappointed that the songs aren't on the um, album. In a way, I am, but I understand it. It's kind of a good business decision. It's not like you can't you can't hear them. You can you can download them on um, the websites, the music websites that they have. Although I wouldn't recommend it. But you can hear them on YouTube. You can hear them on any other music sites that allow it. The songs the songs are really great. Like 
work that body. Um, my only wish is to satisfy you. Stay. Um, um, what else? Uh, do the Bartman and monkey business and many others. And now, rappers he worked with that people don't know. Although you guys know that he worked with Heavy D and LL, but here's another one. The King of Pop teamed up with the King of New York, the late great Biggie Smalls. Yeah, in the History album, in the song This Time Around, he um, worked with um, Biggie Smalls because he was a Biggie fan, and he loved he loved Biggie Smalls and being able to you know tell stories and make him laugh, and that was his favorite rappers alongside um, LL, Heavy D, o- O'Shea. And he also loved Pac and Nas. And for those of you who don't know who O'Shea is, that's Ice Cube. O'Shea Jackson. And he also worked with Shaq too when um, Shaq was trying to be a rapper with the four albums. And... Shaq rapping on a song with Mike wasn't wasn't that bad, and I'm I'm not saying that because I'm a Michael fan. Like, legitimately, I would listen to a Shaq album any day over half the shit that's out right now. Like, some of the rappers out today ain't ain't bad, but they're not all good either. I mean, they know how to get good samples. And they know how to um, make a shitty beat work. But. Yeah. Nope. No. And. I I ate the grits. Good. Yeah. Sorry about that. He worked with, you know, Ice Cube. Okay, I'll do that in a minute. Okay. She got a new one? Yeah. 518. Three, three, four.
Not. Yeah, it was. Ant's machine picked up. Hey, Auntie, how you doing? It's me, Ark. Mommy, uh, wanted me to call you and say, um, her sincerest apologies, but, um, Ray hasn't made it down yet, and, um, she's thinking, and she don't know what, um, time dinner's gonna be or what's for dinner, so she's thinking, um, we might have to postpone or reschedule. Um, she's saying that, um, she can try and, um, set, set up for fish and grits for, for breakfast if, if you'd like, but we'd have to reschedule dinner. Let, let Cliff know that, um, and give, give him, um, her apology. Alright. Love you, auntie. And, uh, give us a call back when you get this message. You have a notification. Please check it before it disappears. Bye bye. You have a notification. Please check it before it disappears, would you? Thank you. I pushed the pound button. You have a notification. Please check it before it disappears. You have a notification. Please check it before it disappears, would you? Thank you. Yeah. Just hang up. But I, I try I try not to just hang up nowadays because sometimes the message don't always go through when you just hang up. Sorry about that, guys. I had to, um, make a call. Um, but yeah, so, due to the fact that, um, Brian Lauren had a, a fallen out because he had some sort of, uh, beef with Heavy D, um, the song ultimately was, uh, taken off, but Brian was still credited because of some of the, um, songs that ended up on the album, he was playing the drums for it. Like, he played the drums for Dangerous, he played the drums for, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Jam, um, Work That Body, Monkey Business, um, I don't know if he's credited for uh, black or white, I don't think so. I mean, because uh, I think in the interview um, when I was listening to it in, in the uh, MJ special podcast, um, I think he said he he wasn't credited for that, but he understands why people thought he was. So um, I have to look into that. Um. Yeah, so ultimately, that song, those songs that I named, 
including monkey business, was left off the album because certain things were ready for release and the direction Michael was going, he felt that, you know, it didn't work well with the album. And there's also a remake for For All Time that was supposed to be on the Dangerous album, but was ultimately cut for the album because it didn't. Do you have a notification? Please check it before it disappears. You have a notification? Please check it before it disappears, would you? Thank you. And not to worry though, the song for all time was actually released on Thriller 25 in 2008. So there's that. And and now I'm gonna talk. You have a notification. Please check it before it disappears. You have a notification. Please check it before it disappears, would you? Thank you. I'm going to talk about the dark side of Michael's career. The 1993 allegations. Well, you see, back in late 1992, after the, uh, the Dangerous Concert Tour in October. Michael was accused, wrongfully accused, of having sex with a 13 year old boy. And, which, by the way, if you look at the legit evidence and the real evidence, isn't true. Like, I'm not just saying that because I'm a fan of Michael. I I say this on both sides because one, of course, I'm a fan of him and nobody wants to be thought of that way, but let's wake up and smell the coffee for a minute. Like, That would not be acceptable in any form. Because the only reason why they said that about him is because it was a financial game. Because Jordan Chandler's father, Evan Chandler, said it because... He wanted money. The man was broke. And he drugged his own son and altered his mindset so that he can say yes to anything. And if you want to know the evidence to back this up to what I'm saying, again, I'm going to point out there's an um, a YouTube documentary, the real documentary called 
Neverland, the first look investigation. I encourage any Michael Jackson fan to look at that documentary without the rose-colored glasses. Because it'll verify everything that I've said and everything that I'm going to say. Exhibit B. The YouTube videos were... Jordan Chandler actually admitted it that it was a lie and that he was jealous of Michael because he wanted the relationship that Jordan and Michael had and so what's the best way to get to somebody when they they have a lot of money make up an accusation about them that's what it ultimately was and if somebody really did that what would be the sensible and logical thing to do have them arrested right you wouldn't ask anybody for money if that happened right let me ask you parents and you grandparents out there that really care for their, their sons their and their grandkids. If anyone were to do that to any of your children, would you A, call the cops and see them put in jail or would you B, ask for money in the process because you know they're rich and this can help get you a bill. Now, the correct answer is if you're a loving parent, you would want the perpetrator to be put in jail. You wouldn't want nothing from them because the only financial justice that you should want is to see the perpetrator beat up in jail or to die in jail. You wouldn't want no financial money. And another thing, just because he was jealous of his son asking him to hang out with Michael and for Michael to be calling him daddy and that's another thing Michael said he didn't mind it true he said he didn't mind it but here's what they don't show you or play in the um, the actual interview which you would actually hear in the documentary <clears throat> Michael was recorded saying, and I quote, Why would you want to be calling me daddy um, when you already have a dad? What the hell do you want me to be your dad for? Because I don't feel comfortable with that. And I don't want your dad to be mad at me. Come 
come on, Michael, it's okay. I don't trust my dad. Well, I don't mind it, but you really shouldn't be doing that, especially if you already have parents. I can understand if you are an orphan, but you're not an orphan. You have a mother and a father. And you really shouldn't do this because I don't feel comfortable even though I don't mind it. Okay. I'll go with it. Thanks, Michael. And ultimately, that's that's how the conversation went. And as far as Sleepovers, yeah, there were sleepovers, but I seen I seen what those type of sleepovers were. They weren't what they were alleged to be. They were just sleepovers. You have some friends over. They're playing Sonic. They're playing Street Fighter. They're playing Tekken. They're having conversations on the phone, having popcorn, having candy, having pillow fights. You know, the typical stuff. Well, most typical. Because I didn't really have pillow fights like that. But when I did, it was fun. <clears throat> but, um... That's ultimately what it was. And when it came to, you know... The children going to sleep... He would sleep on the floor. And then... Michael never invited them into his bedroom. He would go to sleep and then and then they would ask him could they sleep in his bedroom. And they would even ask him could could they stay with him. And if that was the case, Michael had a security system. If Anybody was sneaking in there to do anything to them kids. That alarm would have went off immediately. And Michael didn't just have boys in there. He had girls and boys in there, but he ain't sleeping with them. He's sleeping on the floor. You have a notification. Please check it before it disappears. You have a notification. You have a notification. Please check it before it disappears. You have a notification. Please check it before it disappears, would you? Thank you. He ain't sleeping with him. He's just, you know, being being a typical typical kid because he never got to be one. And and I know there's a saying of People that are um, molested or sexually molested themselves are, you know, typically abusers. And that's usually the case. But it wasn't the case when it came to Michael. He wanted to give any child, any child, what he never had. And that was a, a decent childhood while he was on this earth. And the only reason why you guys probably think 
that he did. You have a notification. Please check it before it disappears. You have a notification. Please check it before it disappears. Is because there are some interviews edited and painted it to seem that way when that's not the case. Prime example, Martin Bashir. That twisted, bloody hooligan knew what he was doing. Like, he didn't want to show the good documentaries, the stuff that you weren't meant to see. He wanted to show what he wanted to make him seem like the the good guy and Michael the villain. But see, here's what you don't realize. Michael had his own camcorder and recording everything. Nobody ever says anything about that. And that's why I was so glad when I saw that interview. He was snapping back at Martin Bashir. Dude's looking so stupid. And like anybody who's a humanitarian and a philanthropist um majority of those people they want to see the good in the people and they want to do good by all forms of the morals by children by women and by men they want to do good for everybody while they're on the earth and I see people always complaining these celebrities got all these all this money but they never um do anything with it you have a notification please check it before it disappears and now that you guys had somebody to do that y'all wanted to slander his name and make him seem like the villain when this entire time he wasn't the villain come on now if it came back to be true I would not be listening to his music and I would not be praising him like I do and I wouldn't have perfected you know the impression that I do when I do some of my uh, skits and uh, videos and I most certainly would not be listening to his music if that was the case or having him all over my wall or having shirts in his honor but see but being that he's innocent and it was found that he wasn't guilty and that he wasn't the monster that the court of public opinion and bad evidence claimed he was that's why a lot of people think what they think because court of public opinion is a bitch and a lot of times I'm just be honest and by a court of public opinion you would seem guilty because he paid them off because it makes you seem like oh he he 
he had something to hide. No, he didn't have anything to hide. His lawyers, his financial lawyer and financial advisor told him to do that, even though he wanted to fight it. But he was like, you know what? Make this go away. You got a lot bigger things to fry. You got albums coming out. You got a a charity event for the 9-11. And that's what ultimately said, um, make them pay, pay that. But even when he did it and paid it, he regretted it. And it wasn't, it wasn't even, it wasn't even, uh, 50 million like they claimed. It was only 500 because Michael didn't want to pay the, uh, 50 million that, you know, they claimed because it was nothing wrong that he did. But being that, you know, his financial advisor, Tomei Tomei, was robbing him blind and trying to steal his money out of his bank account. Um, that's why ultimately Michael did what he did and, and paid it because his financial advisor can't guarantee that he wouldn't be affected by the decision. And Michael felt that he needed to do it because he wasn't guaranteed the safety of his reputation and his character because his financial advisor got him a shitty deal. Looking at you, Tomei Tomei. And speaking of that, Tomei Tomei was the one that ultimately got him Dr. Murray, who essentially was the main nigga that got him killed. So if it wasn't for um, Tomei Tomei, it wouldn't have been for no Dr. Murray. And you know what that means if there wasn't for no Dr. Murray. Michael would still be alive. So think about that, you guys. And there was some allegations again regarding that in 2003 to 2005, which, again, Michael was found not guilty on all charges because the evidence that was there didn't hold up. The suit was thrown out, and the suit that they thought he paid for wasn't a molestation charge. It was for a civil suit that he was accused of back in 1993 to 1994. And he ultimately paid that. And that's what ultimately damaged his early part of his 90s career. And had that not happened, he would he would be, you know, revered. And if anybody should be revered, it should be Michael Jackson. The people that shouldn't be revered, Robert Sylvester Kelly and William Henry Cosby. I'm still pissed about that shit. Like, I don't think he should have been home. I think he should have died in prison, personally. Because even though 
it was 30 women that came out, but the total count is 70,000. 70,000 that Bill Cosby raped women and was still doing it up until he went to prison. I feel bad that, you know, the man is blind, but I don't feel that he he should be released from prison. I think he should have stayed in prison and died there. I feel that his wife should have divorced him if she's still married to him. And anything to do with Bill Cosby, I think, should be off the air. Like, I really do not feel that, you know, he should have any way of having a career after what he's done. And Lily Bernard, stay strong. I I hate the fact that you... You have a notification. Please check it before it disappears. And you are much stronger than you realize, Lily Bernard. And I really feel that, you know, Michael Jackson should be revered. Bill Cosby and R. Kelly should be the ones to be destroyed. Okay, now that I got that underway. And now I'm going to talk about the darker side. And that is the Leaving Neverland documentary and about the bullshit that is in that. In early sometime in the summer of 2019, there was a documentary that came out called Needing Neverland. Producers and director of this shitty, one-sided, atrocious, and grotesque and barbaric documentary, co-producer Oprah Winfrey, because... She was backing it because it was aired on her network. And director Dan Reed. Dan Reed, I don't really know who you are, but from what I saw of you. You have a notification. Please check it before it disappears. You have a notification. Please check it before it disappears, would you? Thank you. You should be ashamed of yourself. You are part of a culture that doesn't even need to be. And just because everybody's coming out with it now, the man has been dead for 12 years, but at the time, it was 10 years. What do you get off of it besides getting money? You have a 
vacation. Please check it before it disappears. And you should never be in charge to direct another documentary or any of those London movies you make or those foreign movies you were a part of. First off, first part of the video starts off good and how they were praising them. And I don't mind that part because a lot of the good parts they were saying were true. But that doesn't last very long. And let's get to the bastards who were the focus of this movie. Wade Robson and James Edwards Safechuck. Who are they, you might ask? Well, Wade Robson is the bastard that was in charge of breaking up Britney Spears and Justin Randy Timberlake. And that bastard, I don't like nothing about him because for one minute, when you were at least 9 and 10 years old, you was all about Michael O. He's my idol. He's what the human world needs. He's a, a, a blessing from the angels to all mankind. He's my mentor. He's taught me so much. He taught me how to be a father. He taught me how to be an uncle. Blah, blah, blah. And now, you want to say that Michael sexually touched you from when you were 7 to 17 years old? No, Wade, you only saying that because you were going to be a part of the Circus Tour, but then when you got dropped, you you wanted to make this lie because you got dropped. One thing about the entertainment business or any business that involves any sort of entertainment, when you're in entertainment business, whether you you know you're a musician. Or an actor, voice actor, producer, choreographer, entertainment director. You are not allowed under any circumstances to say what you're a part of until you have the okay because things can change at any given moment. You have a notification. Please check it before it disappears. You have a notification. Please check it before it disappears, would you? It's in the fine print. It even says in the very fine print, do not disclose any information about the project that you are a part of until your agent or your manager discloses that you can. Because it can change at any given moment in If you announce it and then something changes, it falls back on the company and they can get sued. So that's why that's there. And here's another fun fact. Wayne Robson was dating Michael Jackson's niece, Brandy Jackson. 
daughter of Jackie Jackson. And how that happened back in 1991 on the set of the Black or White video, Wade asked Michael, could he get with Brandy, his niece? And so Michael set it up, gave him the green light, and that's how it started. And if you don't believe me, you can listen to the interview that uh, Brandy did. How you doing, Brandy Jackson? And she spilled all the beans. She spilled the beans how he broke up uh, Justin Timberlake and, and uh, Britney Spears and how he was cheating on um, Brandy with a, a married woman. Now, I ain't no saint either, but if you if you're gonna do that, you gotta you gotta lay down the ground rules first. And Wade, he knew what he was doing, but he didn't care. He didn't care that he burnt a lot of bridges. And when you burn a lot of bridges in the entertainment industry, that's not good because everybody in the entertainment industry knows everybody. One manager is gonna know the executive, and the executive is gonna know the board of directors of the company you're working under. All the deals, endorsement deals that you're working under. Everybody knows everybody, so you know you gotta watch your back. But Wade didn't think of that. He was just thinking about how he can join in the bandwagon and he can get his family joined in the bandwagon because he was broke financially. Brandy Jackson didn't want nothing to do with him. And his wife was leaving him. She took the kids at one point. The man was about to be homeless. And that's why he ultimately did what he did. He even tried to get back with Brandy. She, he asked her, did he, did she miss him? And she's like, no, I moved on. I don't miss you. I don't like what you did. And the fact that you are lying on my uncle, somebody that ultimately told you what you know, you should be ashamed of yourself. And that's why when he made the Invincible song, the song You're a Liar came out. That is exactly why that song came out. Because in retrospect, Michael knew. Michael knew what he was going to do because he didn't really trust him after he got older. Because Michael was going to let Wade be in a lot of his videos. But Wade did something when he got a little older, and Michael called him out on it, and then that's why he made that song, You're a Liar. It was going to be on the Invincible album, but was ultimately left off the album because it didn't really fit to where the album was going. And if the album was going to go that way, that song would have been on there, and like, they would have been like, who is Michael talking about? But I knew. I heard the song. And I heard the album before, you know, the song that was was taken off before that. 
wait. You, you're, you're a disgusting human being. You're a liar. And shout out to Siggy Jackson. What's good, Siggy? Like, I encourage, I encourage you to watch his, his um, interview too because he, he speaks on it too. And then he's also mad because he tried to take it to court twice and the lawsuit was thrown out twice. He tried to uh, make a book about it and try to do it and then the book flopped. And then he got mad. And then he got cut from his um, performance deals that he was going to be, like any tours that he was going to be on, he got cut. So that's why he tried to make a book. And it flopped. So he was like, nope, that, I have to keep it going. But you see that went nowhere. And all because of what, what allegedly happened when Michael was finally vindicated on August 29th on his birthday. Before he was vindicated, a lot of hidden things were removed. Like, the Simpsons episode was removed. The uh, Ready to Rumble game with Michael Jackson in it was removed for four years, mind you. And the uh, the Drake song featuring Michael, "It Don't Matter to Me," was removed from uh, concert performances, and that was the only reason why I like that damn song. Like I hate the uh, "It Don't Matter to Me." Michael was the only saving grace for that song because the Scorpion album, the first part of the, the album, I don't like it. But once I found that that song was on there, I'm like, okay, there is something good. B- besides the sample, there was something good. I don't like I don't like the Kiki song. I like the Nice for What song because of the samples and, and the beat production. But other than that, like, it don't matter to me. That song without Michael, that song sucks. And I heard it with just Drake now because somebody uh, released the version that just had Drake on it and he's singing Michael's parts what the hell are you doing You, yes you're a decent singer you sing not bad but your voice is not all that good Albert Drake Graham and anyway as for James Edward Safechuck that boy, he's just riding Wade's coattails. But it doesn't surprise me because when I went to school with him, he would say anything about anybody and make up a total lie. And, you know, they just expected people to believe him. And when I called him out, Cause the day the documentary was released, I called him out because he used to have a YouTube channel. It was called the James Safechuck Show, Fun Times with James. Yeah, that channel doesn't exist anymore because you have a notification. 
Once I made a rant about, you know, Wade and James, their video got terminated. Their channel got terminated. And when I hit them up on YouTube and Twitter, he got scared and said, um... He was he was gonna block me because he said in the the Twitter the Twitter message he sent me before he you know his Twitter got magically deactivated. He said, "I'm sorry, please don't hurt me. I I didn't mean that. I said I know what you did, James, and you're gonna pay for it. Your your career's gonna be essentially over now." And the voice he was using to talk during the interview is not even his real voice. The dude talks like a a, a surfer from 1985. He's like, dude, I got like a so cool. I I just wanna listen to his music and ride waves all day. And he's like, and 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 then when he's doing the, um, the interview, he's like, um. Well, uh, I don't even know how to do this. Um, I don't even know how to explain this. You must have really learned how to uh, change your voice during acting classes, or either you got somebody uh, reading it from a paper because that's not your voice. I know how you sound. I know where you used to live because you used to live downtown in Water Relief. And you moved. You have a notification. Please check it before it disappears. To link them. You have a notification. Please check it before it disappears, would you? In 2001, James. And then in 2005. That's when I met you, and you used to, when you, when I first met you, you used to talk with this dim-witted voice, people called you Patrick, star from Spongebob, because they thought you were so stupid, like, you was like, oh dude, I have a Spongebob game, if you want to play it, and people used to bully you, until you started hanging, hanging around with me. You couldn't go nowhere without me, dude. And now you you want to make up this lie? You and Wade want to make up this lie about Michael Jackson? When he was nice to Wade, you just mad because you asked Michael to marry you and he told you to get the fuck out because... Michael don't swing that way. Michael's not gay, nor is he bisexual because bisexual people scared him. And just because he uh, didn't respond to your advances, you want to be mad at him? And then you want to make up this lie just because he 
allegedly told you to lie for you and you said he didn't you didn't agree to it so he got mad bullshit the worst he could ever do is not acknowledge your presence look at you as a commoner and that's how I always looked at you even when I first met you but I felt bad for you because people was bullying you and I wasn't gonna let that happen but now that that did your life is over you're going to hell (laughs) and you're lucky you're not in a state anymore because if you were still here in Albany you would be in big trouble (laughs) and I promise you I promise anyone, if you guys slander anyone else that I admire or look up to or slander anyone that I care about, you're going to have to deal with me. And I don't think you want that. (laughs) James, you better find a rock and hide under it. Because I know who you are and what you're about. And your behavior against Michael won't be tolerated. Wade Robson, your behavior and your whole family's behavior You have a notification! Please check it before it disappears. Be acceptable. What you've done will never be forgiven. What you thought you could do won't be tolerated because Michael has been, again, vindicated. The case has been thrown out. You have no way to get money. Your wife doesn't want anything to do with you. You didn't have um, an emotional breakdown. You had a financial breakdown, Wade, and you really need to look at yourself in the mirror because right now you look like shit. Hey guys, normally, uh, Mr. Jackson would, uh, end up on one of his with with one of us but I'm Bruce and he sent me here to tell you until we meet again keep the universe safe and always be a part of Universe 7 because you guys aren't just mere mortals. You're beyond that. Mortals are what we need to protect this universe. And until we meet again, guys, I'm Bruce King 
and this has been the Mysterious Jackson Show. Goodbye for now. Please check it before.